<clears throat> she is a pretty announcer. Scotty, will you move that real quick? Well, just kind of scoot it that way. I think everybody thinks I'm going to trip on it when I, I have such balance. I won't. But I did think about it first service. I'm like, well, if I miss that, I'll. Anyway, so good to have you this morning. Good to, to be here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and thankful for air conditioning. Amen. Amen. But we've been talking about living in the you know, kingdom and then learning about how we're going to live in that. And We talked the first week about righteousness. The next two weeks we talked about peace, peace giving you know, us position and power. We don't want to give that to the enemy. Today we're going to talk about joy, but before we get into that, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Good to have you with us. If you're a guest today, you fill out that connection card. If you're online, you can fill out an online connection card. I can't really get you one of these unless you show up at the building, but we can when you show up. Anyway, you can get your free uh, Live Life on Purpose t-shirt. Just take that connection card to the guest kiosk as you came in, and they'll make sure that you get one of those. We have another order that I'm going to order this week. I've been gone for the last few days out of state, and I didn't get a chance to get another order in, so we're going to order them this week. Now and then. then it's up to the t-shirt company how fast those come in. But anyway, we wanted to welcome you. I wanted to say good morning. Uh, tonight, I'm going to start off with a story, or t- today, tonight. See, I've been on vacation. What do I know? We're going to start off with a story. I'm going to talk about me and Maddie. And uh, Maddie's my youngest uh, daughter, and uh, we were in the car, her car, and we're going to work. Well, she drives to work, and I, she has to have a licensed driver with her, so I'm in the car, and she's going to, Lord willing, take her test this, before this month is over or next month, so I don't have to be with her. That's a good thing. But anyway, so I'm with her, and we're, we're driving her to work, and guess what I'm playing on the radio? I'm playing Christmas music. Shocker. And uh, so, she, you know, before I know it, it's not playing anymore. And I said, hey, I was listening to that, and this is what she said. My car, my rules. That's not a good place to clap. (laughs) My car, my rules. When you're in your car and we're together in your car, you can play Christmas music because it's your car. But I don't want to hear Christmas music till it's closer to Christmas. And so my answer to her was fair enough. Now, I had to say no to the flesh because inside I wanted to say a whole lot more than fair enough. But not long after that, Maddie has been my shadow for years. She goes with me most everywhere at different times and will, you know, runs errands with me and everything. So we are in my car, and I have Christmas music playing. And she turns it off, and I said, hey, my car, my rules. The look on her face was priceless. It was awesome. Payback is so wonderful. Some of us are here this morning, and something else is ruling our choices. They're controlled. You're controlled by whoever's sitting in the passenger seat. And it's sometimes at a level we don't even realize. But I'm going to tell you, it can end today. It can end today. James is going to teach us how to develop joy. It's different from discovering joy, because when we discover something, it means it's waiting somewhere, or we have to find it. So it's kind of hidden, and we, you know, it's, it's definitely not where we're at because we're not experiencing it. We're trying to find it. 
Maybe it's in your next job, your next relationship. It's just, it's not where you are right now, and now is where you need it. That brings our first thought this morning. Life is happening to everybody. It's happening to everyone. James 1, 2, and 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Part of our issue is just knowing what joy is. I can honestly say we are not all going through the same thing. You are not going through what I'm going through. I'm not going through what you're going through. But it's pretty safe to say we are all going through something. We all have different levels or different challenges or different trials and things that are happening. There is a buku bunch of trials out there. Almost as many flavors or the ways you can get your coffee at Starbucks. I can't order coffee at Starbucks without my wife telling me what I have to say because I mess it up all the time. And why? Why on God's green earth can they not just have small, medium, and large? I mean, come on. That's just so... No, I would like a grande. Well, to me, grande would be huge, but no, grande's not huge. Venti is bigger. There's so many different trials that we experience, so many different things that are going on that may not pertain to you but pertain to somebody else. But there are trials that come with having plenty. There are trials that come with having nothing, having poverty. So whether you're prosperous or poverty, if you have money, you have to be a good steward and manage it well. If you don't have any money, there's trials just trying to figure out how to get your next meal, how to pay the rent. Come on. There's trials on everything. If it's even more complex, if you do have it, it's how you manage your money. If you don't have it, it's why don't you have it. And there's all those kind of things. They come in all kinds of ways. If you're single, you have trials. Because I'm just hoping to meet Mr. Wright. I'm just hoping to meet Mrs. Wright. If you're married, you have trials. Don't say anything now. (laughs) There are things to deal with if you're lonely. There are things to deal with if you just need more space. I just need my time. You ever just need your time? You don't mind people being around you, but there's sometimes you just need your time. There's trials on all that. Sometimes we just, I don't think we understand the difference between a trial and a temptation. If we don't know the difference, we spend years blaming the devil for our bad decisions. We are doing things or doing things that are outside of the word of God and we're blaming the devil, but we made the decision. Some trials are results of evil in this world. It's out of your control as far as what they do, but you can pray. If you're a believer, you can bind, you can cast, you can do all kinds of things. Not cast as spells, I'm talking about cast off garbage. I'm talking about just being bold in the spirit. There's evil that happens. There's stuff that's going on right now with COVID-19. Out of your control. I think in, in a short time period, we'll find out, as my wife said, could be nobody. <laughs> Never mind. But there's a lot of stuff that's just falsified. It's just... Have people ask me, are we going to shut down again? Are you gonna? I never closed the church. Anyway, we, we didn't meet in here. We met online, but I'm not even going to close the doors. I want us to meet every time we can. Because it's our right as God's people and as Americans. Sometimes we're just, we, we call things trials when we made bad decisions and we knew we shouldn't. 
Temptation, the Bible teaches resistance. That's the tool we need to use. Submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. But here's what I want you to understand. So many times we're accepting what we should resist and resisting what we should accept. We are accepting what we should resist and we're resisting what we should accept. There's things going on in, in media and all that right now. They just want you to accept things, but there is nothing to really back them up. I want to learn to live in the kingdom. I need to know what we're up against so we can use the right tool or weapon to win. I don't want to take a knife to a gunfight. But according to the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus took the keys from the enemy. He got them from Adam. Jesus took them back. All power was given to Christ, and he gave the keys to the kingdom to you and I, if we're believers in Christ. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Here's a thought. Instead of asking everybody else what you should do, why don't you go to the source? Go to God. Go to his word and find out what his word says. Quit taking your problems to somebody that cannot help you. We're taking our problems just so sometimes we just want to bend somebody's ear. They cannot help you, and you end up frustrating yourself. You frustrate them, and you don't leave that position going, wow, I feel much better. Because they really don't have any answers. That's like asking somebody how to file your taxes. You can go to five different people. They'll tell you five different things. That's another story. What if we just said, God... You tell me what I need to do in this situation, and I'll do whatever you say. Sometimes people don't think we can have joy unless we have Jesus. I don't believe that's true. Now listen to what I'm saying. Krispy Kreme donuts are amazing. And you don't have to be saved to just enjoy them. My son went through a Krispy Kreme drive through with the red light on, pounded down a dozen and a half of those babies. They do melt in your mouth. This guy's like eating a baby angel. I mean, I don't know how he felt afterwards, but I mean, just the thought of those being warm and fresh and whatever that icing must be from clouds from heaven, I don't know. But he ate all of that. The difference between the joy we're talking about is the quality of the ingredient of what's in it. The joy that you get with God makes the other uncomparable. If you are a, I, I use my sister as an example. She is quite the baker, the cooker, the candlestick maker. I don't know. She, anything she touches when it comes to food, it's just like awesome. So if I was saying, I'm going to make you some cookies, and my sister, who I call Crunch, and that's on her license plate, is going to make you cookies. If you knew anything about anything... It's not that my cookies wouldn't be good, but if you were looking at my cookies and her cookies, my cookies would not even be in the running because her cookies would be amazing. The difference of the joy that we can have with God, there's nothing that the world could offer that would bring the ingredients that God would give you. We don't want generic joy. We want Jesus joy, kingdom living joy. Pleasure can be associated with joy. But joy is not dependent on pleasure. Pleasure can be associated with joy, but it's not dependent on pleasure. See, society tells you there's something wrong with you if you're not happy all the time. If you're not Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way, and you're not happy in everything, society will tell you there's, there's something wrong with you. I'm telling you right now that's wrong. 
There's so much pressure to feel a certain way all the time. Sometimes I'll ask Kim, are you okay? And she'll say, yes. I'm like, what's wrong? And if I thought about it, I'd probably answer my own question because there have been a couple times she hasn't felt well. She goes, honey, I'm just, I'm just fighting this right now. I'm all right. Just, you know, basically help me. Some people are just happy, and I get it. I'm a positive person. Some people are happy when it rains. They're happy when the sun is shining. They're happy when there's three feet of snow. The guys that shovel that are saying, you wouldn't be so happy if you had to shovel three feet of snow. But still, they're happy. Joy can bring a feeling, but it doesn't have to. So I'm trying to go somewhere, and hopefully this will help you. Joy is a point of view. It is a way of looking at things. And I want you to understand, this is freeing, actually, because sometimes we associate it with everything else. We associate with the feeling. We associate, if everybody else is happy, you have to be happy. And so I'm trying to help you here. You have to, you know, instead of feeling that we have to feel a certain way, do you know 70% statistics, over 70% of Americans hate their job or what they do, and they quit because they're not happy. People are in relationships, 50% of all marriages, they, the statistics say they end in divorce. Why? Because they're not happy. They don't understand that sometimes joy is not the absence of sadness or the presence of spectacular or amazing. Because they're relating that all together. Hebrews 12.2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in place of honor beside God's throne. We need to look at that verse a little closer. It says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. Here's my question on our second thought. Everyone needs to look for the good. So what are you looking at? What are you setting before you? What are you focused on? What are you concentrating on? everyone needs to focus and your joy is connected to that focus let's look at it he set the joy before him the next part says that he had to endure the cross scorning his shame i want you to understand this and so i had to look at this myself he didn't find joy in the cross in the event Just because he's God, he's God's son, it didn't mean that the nails didn't hurt. It didn't mean that the whip didn't do its damage. It didn't mean that the crown of thorns didn't do... It didn't mean any of that. He didn't find joy in in hanging on the cross. It was still really painful. I I don't even know, and I don't want to know. But purpose... This is, you got to understand, turn to your neighbor and say purpose. This is a whole other level to go through pain with, without purpose than to have purpose. Just because he's God's son, he had to endure that, according to the word. i got another story for you. Now, before, this is, this is BK, before Kim, you know, I, I, would, I would spend a lot of time at my sister's house because uh, she had kids, my nephew and two nieces. Amy was up here singing today. And so 
I would spend a lot of time over there, and I would help her. Jeff worked second shift a lot, and, and she would be alone with the kids, and so I'd go over and keep her company, and then I'd leave, you know, just a little bit before Jeff would come home so she wouldn't be alone all that. And so I spent a lot of time with my nieces and nephew. Loved them. To this day, we have a great relationship. Loved wrestling with Matt. Now, Matt is, you know, he's their only boy, but he loves wrestling. To this day, he loves wrestling. And uh, so one day, I'm over at my sister's house, and I am laying on the floor. And let's just say this was the floor. I'm laying on it. I got my hands behind my head, and I'm just laying there watching TV. Unbeknownst to me, Matt has climbed up on top of the couch, on the very top. And he's about to Jimmy Superfly snook me. Now, if, if you know wrestling, I don't know he's there. I'm focused on whatever's going on TV. And this, he's airborne now. He hits me on my chest. Every bit of air in my body said, I'll see you. I mean, I'm laying on the ground. He could have pinned me, counted me out. There's nothing I could do. I was, I was sucking wind. He was laughing his head off. I thought I was dying. <laughs> now, you give me 50 pounds, and I, they, you give it to me and say, hey, PB, I want you to curl that, or I want you to bench press that. I can do that. That's no problem. That's warm-up. I get that. Why? Because I'm ready for it. Because I knew it was coming. I knew they were going to hand it to me. I knew I could press it. That's easy. Same weight. The difference is ready or not, here I come. So we need to understand what we're talking about here. On purpose. When Jesus hung on the cross, he wasn't surprised by shame. He wasn't surprised by the suffering. He wasn't surprised by the pain. He wasn't surprised by the jeering, the mocking, the hatred. He wasn't surprised by the loss of blood. He wasn't surprised by what he was seeing. He knew because he did it on purpose. It doesn't mean it didn't hurt any less. It just means he knew it. His focus was on what happened after. The joy is focused before it's a feeling. Joy is focused before it's a feeling. Problem is, we chase the feeling. We have to have the feeling joy. But God has given us the ability to choose not our feelings. Our feelings fade in and out. What happens if you choose feelings? I, I can't be happy unless I feel happy. Now, I'm not saying, now, this is a really fine line. You can't just, you know, I, okay, if you're not happy, I'm going to make myself happy. I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. I do, I do, I do. I get it, but I'm trying to get you somewhere. What happens if you just, you're waiting on a feeling and that feeling doesn't come? Then you have the enemy plowing on you guilt and shame and something's wrong with you because now you can't feel like everybody else is feeling. Have you ever been in a room and there's a party and you just don't feel happy, but everybody else seems happy? The difference between choice and consequence. So let's just say for now, and we'll peel this back a little bit later, joy is a choice. And that's tough to say because there's some that maybe have a mental block as far as that. Maybe they're on some medication or they're fighting depression or they've been through all that. So just understand, I'm just trying to throw something out here for you. Some people get happy just because they're first in line to check out. 
because they got a great parking spot. We can tell people, just be happy, count your blessings. Sometimes that doesn't always work. You can't just click your heels together three times and believe you're in Kansas. Someone once said, James said in the Bible to count your blessings. He said to count it all joy. You have to choose joy. And you have to choose what needs to be changed. Not everything is a blessing and not everything is a burden. Jesus endured the cross because he was focused on the joy that would bring after that. That was his, that was his mind. That's his, he's looking at, i got to go through this, but he did it on purpose because he knows what will happen. You see, we again, we start mixing up. Sometimes, have you ever, now, am I right about this? Sometimes something is just like, it's a, it just gets under your skin and then later you found out it's one of the best things that could ever happen to you. We don't tend to look that. We just tend to, we're very superficial. We don't like what we see right away. We may not like it. How, how about if people judge you that way? And some people do, and that's wrong. They don't like the package, so they, they just figure everything inside is not so good either. I'm just telling you, sometimes packages, just how they're wrapped, doesn't mean that the inside's bad. Are you with me? So we need to understand we got to get past feeling. we got to get past and choose to change some things. Some things that are burdens. What if a burden needs to be a blessing and a blessing could be a burden? Sometimes, you know, if you help your kids too much, it becomes a burden. Because then they, they just figure they don't have to do anything. And you don't teach them that they need to Put their hand to something. Come on. I think you have more joy than you're aware of. And sometimes we look at it wrong. We have to change our perspective. And just, we don't get it by praying in a feeling. We get it by making choices. By just making, God, I just, I'm not going to let it rain on my parade. You can choose to be offended or you can choose to let it be like water off a duck's back. But joy is hard to be forced. And if you focus on just getting more joy and that's all you do, then then it gets to be hard. And have you ever done something where you're just trying too hard? You're meeting someone and you're trying to be funny or you're trying to be at ease or cool and you're just going way overboard and and you just need to be yourself? You know, (laughs) we were introducing a couple one time and uh, we thought, well, maybe it'd be a good fix, you know. And, uh, And he asked me, he said, well, what do I do? I said, just don't, don't, don't be somebody you're not. Just be yourself and just be, be nice. Don't try to be too funny because he was always trying to be funny and sometimes it just got, it wasn't funny. It's like, you know, you keep saying it and you're just like, I just need you to shut up. <laughs> you know, that's what you want to say, but you know, just be yourself. And so the person comes over for him to meet and they come in the house, and, we, we, you know, they knew they are going to meet each other. And we're like, okay, this is going to be great. Hopefully this will be something. If it doesn't work out, there's no pressure. It didn't work out because <laughs> she walked up the steps. He's sitting on our floor, and he's got a mound of Doritos resting on his stomach. And he's just eating. And he looks at her and goes, how's it going? <laughs> she turned around, hugged my wife, and pretty much was gone in five minutes. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude. He goes, oh, you said be myself. 
Choices. Sometimes we just try too hard, and that's forced, and then it makes it, stop. it makes it tough. My grandma helped raise my sister and I. My mom and dad worked a lot of times, and so, you know, sometimes a couple jobs. And uh, my mom and dad, they were always home. You know, they always did their best to take good care of us. And I don't ever remember either of them wondering if they were happy or not. I don't re- remember them having that conversation. I don't ever remember them holding anything in their hand and scrolling. Don't remember that. I don't remember any device they could have in their pocket named Google or Siri or Alexa that could tell them so much unhappiness in the world. If you don't have any, let's just ask Google. So many people are their own doctors. I don't need a doctor. I'll just Google it. Better be sure. They didn't have all these outside influences, so they had to focus on other things. What brings you joy? If it's godly and biblical, focus on that. I can give you a list of what joy is not. Joy is not this. What are they doing? What kind of car do they drive? I wonder if she likes what I'm wearing, you know, if you're a girl. Girls do a lot of checking other girls what they have. Where'd they get that? What? Okay, maybe you got it. Do you see their shoes? Does she like my purse? Guys are just kind of the opposite. I wonder if he likes my team. I wonder what team, you know, nah, nah. And we just go back and forth. So I can tell you what, what joy is not. The Bible says the joy was set before him. I can't be looking all around and expect to have joy. I can't judge my situation according to other people's calling and expect to have joy. I cannot judge my gift with other people's talent and expect to have joy. I cannot do this by looking over here and over there and wondering, do they like me? Do they not like me? Do this, do that. You're taking notes. Here's the thought number three. Everybody's done this. Nothing destroys joy like comparison. The life you have would be so good, dare I even say fun, if you didn't do this the whole time you're living it. Or this. Now that just bothers me just to do that. What's it do to your soul? If you're praying for more joy, maybe you're missing what he's already given you. The joy of your salvation. The joy of your calling. The joy of your assignment. God, give me more joy. It's a decision. It's one that I'm like, Lord, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to focus on. And I can't do that by looking side to side and looking back all the time. He is the great I am, not the great I was. Psalm 16 11 says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So this is our last thought for this morning. It's available to everyone. Joy is found in his presence. Remember we talked about righteousness, God's right way of doing things. We talked about doing that. We talked about peace, giving you position and giving you power from God to do what he's called you to do. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Why are those so valuable? Why are those so true? Number one, they're true because they're in the word. Number two, if you believe them and you put your faith and your actions with that, then things start happening because the real joy is in his presence. That's why Jesus could be asleep in a boat that's in a storm. Because he's not concerned. He already knows his purpose. And he knows he's got to endure the cross because of the joy that will come after that. Come on. 
That's when I knew I was on the plane. And if you remember the story, the guy going, I don't get this. Oh, we're going to die. This plane's going to crash. And I finally said, dude, this plane is not going to crash. And he goes, why? I said, because God has a destiny for my life, and it's not to die on this plane. We will get to our destination. Are you sure? Yes. You see, it's something about having that presence of God. When Kim and we were talking on the phone before I boarded the plane that had been down for four hours and they were going to exchange it and decided to fly the same one. She's like, honey, I'm not sure. And I had to tell her, it's okay. I prayed, it's okay. I'm going to get on this plane and it's going to be fine. She took that and said, okay, then I agree with you. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. It doesn't mean that everything around you is, is just gravy and everything is just raining rose petals. No, I'll tell you what it means is there's peace that passes all understanding. It means in the midst of trouble. I don't care with COVID. You know what? God knew about COVID. But he still wants you to be joyful. People are looking for people like you and me that will be light in a dark world. Remember, I, we talked about even the Israelites in that land of Goshen, all those plagues, darkness, but not in Goshen. How about you? Is there light where you are? Are you exercising joy? The gospel is for us believers. And yes, we like to come to church, but God's not limited to a building. You are the church. Some of us think, well, if I have to do everything right, then he'll reward me. Yeah, you get blessings for being obedient, but that's not part of the system. The system is we don't do things for the rewards. We do things because we love the presence and for the one that died. And those blessings are just kind of like icing on the cake. The gospel is for you and I as believers, but it's for the people that don't know Christ. It's for the sinners. It's for those that are lost, those that are bound, those that are lame, those that are sick, those that don't have Jesus, those that don't have any light shining. It is for those that you and I are to show the joy of the Lord. It means that joy comes to my life when I'm focused on what God is doing not yesterday, not three years ago, or what he forgave me for, all that. What is he doing with me right now? This moment, are you in this service? Did you enjoy the worship? Because it was good. And if you're like, ah, oh, well, he's not going to come back up and do that again, but you can get ready for next week. So we need to enjoy now. That's the thing. So many of us try to live in the future. And it's okay to have goals and dreams. Kim and I have many goals and dreams. But if you can't focus on what's happening now, you're concerned about somebody else's life or hung up what happened three years ago, three months ago, three minutes ago, right before you came into church, then that's about your peace and position. That's what you've given to the enemy. Now listen to this. When we're talking about peace and position, it's not, it's not God. God is everywhere. Do you know what omnipresent means? It means he is everywhere. He can be with you. I was just in Michigan. He was with me in Michigan. He was with you in Ohio because he's omnipresent. This isn't about God's position. 
He's not in jeopardy of losing his position. He doesn't change. This is about your position with him. What you choose, where you stand with him. Because when I stand with him and I do, my heart is, is tied with him and I do what the word says, then I have joy. Because I have peace. I have the presence because of the joy that he brings. That presence is brought by him. Life is busy, and the enemy will piggyback off that. Now, listen, you can go anywhere. Start looking to see how many people, it's easier to count how many people don't have a cell phone out than people that do. I mean, and you can do this. I mean, life is busy. You can see, I've got pictures on my phone right now of every morning for the last four or five mornings when we were in the cabin in Michigan of Justin bringing Arrow outside six ish in the morning and poking him around the refrigerator and him looking at me and seeing pops. That's what he calls me, seeing pops and just smiling and he's just all happy and I got to hold him. So I took a selfie and I'm not real good at that. And it took that, so I have one for every morning when he came out, and I got to hold him, and we just had a great time. And I'd send one. Mal goes, "Oh, send me that one. He's so cute," <laughs> and he is. I mean, he's just adorable. So I just, I, I love that. But you know, life isn't always like that. You can be in the midst of something. You can be with people that you love and not enjoy what's going on. And you can be mad at somebody. You can be mad at each other. You can be doing all this kind of stuff. And then somebody says, "Hey, let's get a picture." I don't even want to get. I don't even want to. And they take the picture, and you know all the history behind it. How many grew up before cell phones and had phones with the dial and all that stuff? My mom could be telling us stuff. You're going to get in trouble. When your father gets home, you should, you ought to tell him, your sister told me what you did. Ring, ring, and I just can't, I'm going to put you over my knee, ring, ring. Hello? <laughs> and she would be transported into another world. She'd be talking to somebody, you know. And that's the thing. Life is busy, and the enemy will do that. And so sometimes we can force to look happy in a picture and not really be happy. We just put on that face, like those commercials where the people are fighting things, and they just have a, a face, stick face, happy face, and they put it in front of them. Sometimes we go through life like that, but God says there's more than that. He can break through that and give you joy that you can't get anywhere else. You can't buy it from a doctor. You don't get it in a bottle. It's nothing like that. It is joy of Jesus. And he died for that for you. So many times we miss great moments because we're too wrapped up in not everything being just right. Well, I don't have the way. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't this. They didn't give me ketchup. Really, you, I like, and this isn't a reflection of anybody in my family. I'm just making this up. So this isn't a story from us, just to clarify, okay? Uh, but, you know, I've, have you seen that? Do you see that? They gave me curly fries, and I didn't want them. I wanted sweet tater fries. Boy, that's enough to ruin your life over. I mean, if you don't have time to switch it, then eat the fries and get them the next time. Whatever. But we have to focus. 
You can't affect the future from anywhere but the present. You can't affect the future from anywhere but the present. You want to plan for retirement? You've got to start doing it now. So then in the future, because you've affected it in the present, are you with me? I didn't really hear that from my father. I mean, he told me. I didn't hear it until you get older. Then you're like, I kind of get what he was saying now. I need to bring my presence to my real life right now to find his presence. It's time that you and I started being real. Just quit trying to be a cute Christian. Just, just, let's just go after God. Let's just love God. Focus on God. Jesus didn't enjoy the cross. He endured it for the joy set before him. He sweat drops of blood knowing what was coming. Let's just get even a little further and we're almost finished. We choose joy, but the essence of what we want is from the things that bring it. The choices that we make that bring it. So let me explain. In essence, you kind of cannot choose joy. You do, but you kind of cannot because it goes deeper than that. We choose priorities and our priorities control our joy. It's a byproduct of what you focus on, what you deem as important. Look at Psalm 1, or 16, 5 through 11. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you've given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night my heart instructs me, and I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. What are you trying to tell me, PB? I'm saying if you want to tie your joy to something temporal, you're going to get disappointed. You've got to tie it to the only thing that brings true joy. And I tried tying my joy to something temporal. I used to believe the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. That didn't work. I can't say I tied it to the Steelers because they did. So, okay. <laughs> just trying to help Margie out there just a little bit. But I don't need football to survive. I don't need a team, a football team to survive. What I need, I need more of God. I need God's presence. I need Jesus so that I can experience the joy. I can, I can enjoy stuff, but if my, my thing is wrapped up in stuff, then once the stuff is gone or breaks, then my joy goes. John 15, 11, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I think we settle sometimes for partial joy. I think we, you know, we think joy is the absence of sadness. Joy isn't that. If it was, then Jesus couldn't have had it on the cross. He wants his joy to be in you. And you got to own that. In other words, it doesn't have to. This is, it's something that Jesus can give you, his joy. you got to own that. God, I can't. There's situations I don't like. In this life, you'll have tribulation. Romans says all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. So in the midst of garbage, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of stuff that I don't like, I better have something that's deeper, that's anchored better than just temporal stuff. If so-and-so doesn't sing my song, if the preacher doesn't talk to me, if this person doesn't look at me, or if nobody likes that, then I've got it tied up in something that's not what I need it tied up in.
that's where things get slippery. If I give priority to stuff that's not biblical, not God. If I like recognition and I put that as a priority for me to have joy, then when people recognize me, I'm happy. But what if they don't? Then I'm not happy. If, if my priority I put in, you know, for me to be happy, I never can be inconvenienced. Good luck with that. Because what happens if you get inconvenienced? Then you're not happy. Now listen to what I'm telling you. So when that kind of stuff, this tells you what you have yourself wrapped up against. Or what you're clinging to. When that happens, it didn't really steal your joy. You gave it to it. I'm trying to help. You're giving other things what God wants you to keep. Let me go even a little further. You let it drive. It's in the car, in the passenger side. You let it run the radio station. My car, my rules. You are dancing to someone else's song. Don't do that. Whatever or whoever's driving the car gets to pick the music. Hey, we come back from Michigan. Kim puts Pandora on. She, she goes, right. And we, we listen to some easy listening music. And after a while, I'm like, okay, switch it. I don't even have to tell her what. It goes right to Christmas. I look back at Maddie. She doesn't say anything. My car, my rules. Because I'm driving. And I want to have a good time while I'm driving. So while Bing and Frank are singing, I'm just, whoop. I'm having a good old time. Why? My car, my rules. What is stealing your joy? Now, I'm not saying my joy is tied up in Christmas or Christmas music. What I am saying is I'm going to run my race. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm not going to look to the left or the right. Eyes on him. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm going to grab all the joy that he's given me to get. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do the things that God wants me to do. Why? Because his presence is going to be so big in my life. Nobody will be able to deny it. There'll be light around my house, light around my kids, light around my family, light around my job, light in everything because Jesus is bigger than anything else. Your life, God's rules. Let him drive. Now you're going to put on some altar music. I want you all to just stand your feet if you would. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just saying, I so much want to be happy.